time for the June 9th, 2023 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review. A personal recollection of the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting on Writer's Rights Day from the University of California at Irvine on KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Claudia Shamba. And as always, strung out on lasers and slash back lasers, Mahler, the fake news dog. Ah. Oh, here, come here, me, boy. <laughs> it's a sweet little one. Today. Here's a little nugget. Today, we'll be talking about lifelong feline birth control, the curse of Proposition 22, Neuralink, income-based utility bills, purification rights, and so much more. But first... Do you have any feelings about the virgin birth, Claudia? Well, I love to ask Catholics how they pulled this off. <laughs> a sleight of hand or a sleight of something. From the journal Biology Letters, researchers reported that a stillborn baby crocodile was a parthenogen, a product of a virgin birth. So maybe the Catholics could learn something from crocodiles. This Baby crocodile contained only genetic material from its mother. And while parthenogenesis has been identified in creatures as diverse as king cobras, sawfish, and California condors, this is the first time it has been found in crocodiles. And because of where crocodiles fall on the tree of life, it implies that dinosaurs might also have been capable of virgin birth. I love that. Yeah. I just love letting our minds go where that could go. All sizes, parthenogenic. In case you're wondering, here's how a virgin birth happens. Please, walk yeah. us through it. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, without sin. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. that's all you need to know. With, with scales. But seriously, as exhale matures in the mother's body, it divides repeatedly to generate a final product with exactly half the genes needed for an individual. Three smaller cellular sacs containing chromosomes known as polar bodies, are formed as byproducts to this inside the female. Polar bodies usually wither away, but in vertebrates that can perform parthenogenesis, one polar body sometimes fuses with the egg, creating a cell with the necessary complement of chromosomes to form an individual. Now, that's what appears to have happened in the case of the crocodile. So my question is, was Jesus a dinosaur? Oh, gosh. That one, I can't, I'm not going to touch that with a 10-foot dinosaur uh, femur bone. Moving along. Yeah. And speaking of birth, from the Atlantic, after years of tinkering, an American team of researchers had come up with a genetic treatment that with one injection can safely and sustainably halt ovulation in cats, which is actually a, a good thing, according to my friend. Yeah, mother. Okay. Because he doesn't need any more cats. It's a breakthrough that could replace onerous surgeries with the simple act of going out into the community and giving an animal an injection and then just letting them go. What do you think about that? Well, I'm thinking up. Well, no, I'm thinking of upward the application, up the the food chain, the up humans. Whether um, this is a oh, this can be an unethical, non-consensual medical procedure that might happen because we've already had so you're disturbed about you're i'm not disturbed about where this is going this, where, yeah yeah well just watch it because it may not stop at cats 
Stop it. Think about women, you know, in detention and they've had those procedures done. They were sterilized without their proper consent in the past. It wasn't that long ago. So I just I hate to say this. This isn't to say I think it would be a great idea. But given the way population has impacted our planet, it might be, not be a bad idea. I know you brought this up because of the cat population, that it's yeah. a real mess. Yeah. And it has environmental consequences. So I can see how this could really rein in a population that yeah. does wreak havoc. The therapy has only been examined in a series of small studies and hasn't yet entered clinical trials. But if their early results pan out, this one-and-done injection could finally offer female cats safe, lifelong birth control without a single scalpel cut. But you're right. It could turn out to be a hugely controversial if it goes beyond the cat population, especially if it, say, got into the uh, canine population. <coughs> oh. okay, From the voice of OC, speaking about... Uh, puppies and cats, an Orange County grand jury report, the first to address the Orange County Animal Shelter's current Tustin location, is echoing community advocates' calls to reopen OC animal care to the public, reduce kill rates, and reinstate a trap, neuter, and release program which animal officials shuttered in 2020. They're not doing that anymore, and they'd like to restart that I would assume that if they had this shot, it would be a uh, trap, inject, and release program. The other thing is, is uh, you have to right now set up an appointment, I guess you'd say, to even be able to look at the animals to adopt them. The Tustin Animal Care Center is not open to the public at all times. You have to make an appointment, which at least for me, whenever I was looking for, for dogs to adopt, it was, wasn't that it was spur of the moment, but it was least spontaneous in some occasions. You'd drive by, and you'd want to stop and see what was available mm-hmm, when, if mm-hmm. you were looking for a dog. And if you have to make an appointment, it kind of takes that away. And I would assume they had less adoptions over the last, say, year or so without that program in place. From The Guardian. About a year ago, we reported on a zoo in Ukraine that had survived bombs and bullets from the Russian invasion. You might remember Chichi, the chimpanzee who had escaped the zoo after it was hit by a shell, but was persuaded to return to the zoo on her favorite zookeeper's bicycle. They had a real nice scene there. They actually videotaped it, and Chichi was walking away from the zookeeper. There was no confrontation Mm -hmm. at all. They were just talking about things, and Chichi wasn't sure she wanted to go back. Zookeeper brings out the bike, the zookeeper, and Chi-Chi went for rides on. And Chi-Chi hopped on board, went back to the zoo. The zoo dubbed Fairytale Dobrova is in a park on the banks of the Dnieper River, just west of Kakova Dam, which ruptured earlier this week after a reported blast flooding the area. Workers arrived at the zoo early to find the zoo entirely flooded. As many as 300 animals died. We don't know about Chi-Chi, but there's a lot of ugliness going on in Ukraine, and this is a sidebar to it all. I've had the rare privilege of listening on a Twitter space, the deputy mayor, Kherson, talking uh, yesterday morning. It was amazing what she could say about the havoc wrecked and the dimensions that I hadn't even considered, so it's, it's pretty bad. 
If you're listening to us today, may I recommend a donation to KUCI, even if it's your first time? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial-free, free-form, free-speech radio, KUCI, 88.9 FM. Thank you for giving. From Los Angeles Times, proposed legislation that would exempt folks who wear religious or cultural headdresses like a turban or a patka from wearing helmets when riding a motorcycle has cleared the California State Senate and is now heading to the Assembly. Senator Brian Dolly, a Republican from Bieber, California, who's running for governor, introduced the bill saying he was approached by bikers in the Sikh community who said they wanted the ability to practice their religious beliefs while riding motorcycles. About 211,000 Sikhs live in California, making up nearly half of the nation's entire community. The Automobile Club of Southern California opposes the legislation, citing concerns that it would weaken the state's universal motorcycle helmet law. Everyone has the right to self-expression, including while riding a motorcycle or any other form of transportation, but keeping riders safe should always remain a priority, they said. More than 5,500 motorcyclists died in 2020, and more than 180,000 were injured in motorcycle crashes. Helmets were found to reduce the risk of head injuries from crashes by 69%, The County Health Executive Association of California also opposes Dolly's legislation and said, we encourage innovation and equity in the design of helmets to accommodate head coverings instead of weakening existing helmet laws. Now, I don't know what a helmet would look like that would uh, incorporate a turban, but could be kind of coneheadish, I suppose. Well, that's what I was looking at. The market for it. Is is there an incentive for developing that? And I also, I want to know Dolly's whole story. Is this some kind of a a libertarian backstory that he would like to use as, because he's not done very well when he's run for statewide office. So is this, uh could he be a poster guy for for freedom in, in this sense? And it's, I always worry about taking away a safety measure like helmets in bikes, motorbikes, any kind, because it's a two-way proposition. The injured cyclist, motorcyclist, or the person operating the vehicle, the car that might be in that collision, and they are forever also impaired. And it's everybody who pays insurance rates, too. And that it's, there's so many parties involved in that. This is so fraught. Well, I wonder if somebody has really spoken to the uh, 211,000 Sikhs out there and see what they think about did this. They, did they go to Dolly or Dolly go to them? That's what I'm curious about. Well, he about. paints it as they right, came to him. We know how to critically look at that. Yeah. It's a question. And I'll, I'll, when I run into him at the next GOP statewide convention, uh-huh. that'll be the first thing on my lips. Yeah. yeah. You ought to ask him if he spoke go to, to the entire commu- community of Sikhs or just the ones that are riding motorcycles. I mean, that's... Kind of a no-brainer for Mr. Dolly. Yep. From Grist, the first new nuclear reactor built in the United States in more than 40 years is now up and running in Waynesboro, Georgia. After more than a decade of construction and spiraling costs, plant Vogel Unit 3, the first of two new reactors at the site, started producing power at its full capacity in May. 
It's expected to come online this month after a final round of tests. Each Vogel reactor can generate enough electricity to power half a million homes without burning fossil fuels. Throughout its decade of construction, the project has also been plagued by cascading delays and climbing costs. The first reactor was scheduled to come online in 2016. The total price tag has more than doubled to more than $30 billion. Thanks to a 2009 state law, Georgia power ratepayers are billed a monthly nuclear construction cost recovery fee. Raising their their fees, right. they will begin paying an additional monthly charge when each of the new Vogel units come online. In the long run, there are more cost-effective and safer ways to decarbonize the nuclear power, like energy efficiency improvements and solar, which is now cheaper than gas, coal, and nuclear, and also just not using so much power. They always, I read these stories all the time, and no one suggests that maybe we ought to cut back on how much we're using. I just want to say one thing I learned when I talked to those chemists and engineers last month that blew my mind when the former center director for that facility on campus in physical sciences, and he said when it was built in 1966, it was a one-line item in the UCI budget, the whole nuclear energy facility, one-line item. That's how simple it was. And so that's what's happening in Waynesboro, Georgia, is it was millions of line items and it got more and more expensive, and it doesn't have to be that expensive if, with different thinking about this. But I would be curious to know what that monthly charge is for the rate payers. Yeah, I don't know the amount. They didn't mention it in right, the article I, that I read. But don't you want to know? Yeah, yeah. The I, burden there. Yeah. I've been anti-nuclear power since pretty much its inception just because of the safety factors. You can get away with things for a long while, and then you have this waste product that's not going to go away f- just about forever. And there's a possibility that you're going to have a Fukushima, too. It's well, that's where, that was the beauty of this interview. I mean, yeah. I'm going to go back to that. And that Fukushima was a case study for everybody, and they all learned off of that. So the Zaporizhia plant owners in Ukraine could benefit from some of that. So some of these things, hazards, have been managed to be continued. It's on your uh, it's website. On the, yeah. It's archived, that show. Yeah. Askaleader.com. Yeah. It'll address exactly what you're bringing up, and you'll bring it up some more. From Reuters News Service, Elon Musk's brain implant startup, Neuralink, which was valued at close to $2 billion in a private fundraising round two years ago, is now worth around $5 billion, so he says, on privately executed stock transactions. Those stock transactions have been carried out by people who were already shareholders. So this is bogus right off the bat, rather than any new investment. Right. What they're doing is just upping the value of their own stocks by investing more so the company looks stronger. Such a so-called secondary trade is a distorted gauge of a company's value. The secondary trades boosted the value ahead of Neuralink's May 25th announcement that U.S. regulators had approved a human trial on its brain chip. So... What's going on here is just an orchestrated publicity stunt. I guess I'm falling into it. It's expected Neuralink to take at least 10 more years to commercialize its brain implant. Like he does with everything, Musk expressed grand ambitions for Neuralink, saying its chip would allow healthy and disabled people alike to pop into neighborhood facilities 
like your Neuralink store, for speedy surgical insertions of devices to treat obesity, autism, depression, and schizophrenia. That's quite a range. He even sees them being used for web surfing and telepathy. So I guess you can have one of these inserted and we can read each other's minds. Meanwhile, the law enforcement arm of the U.S. Department of Agriculture has been investigating Neuralink for potential animal welfare violations. Neuralink staff said last year that the company was rushing and botching surgeries on monkeys, pigs, and sheep, resulting in far more animal deaths than necessary, all while Musk was pressuring staff to receive FDA approval which he got. So it was a lot of unnecessary deaths of animals because of the uh, The R&D And the Department of Transportation is separately probing whether Neuralink illegally transported dangerous pathogens on chips removed from monkey brains without proper containment measures. This is SpaceX all over the place. The launch, the debris, and everything. The alerts here. I want Lena Khan and FDA to be on their tushes here. Yeah. Every little detail. Well, at first, I didn't think so poorly of Elon Musk. I thought he was in, uh, especially when he just had Tesla and he was first starting out, I thought of him as a, uh, uh, a new age entrepreneur, a green entrepreneur, only because he was coming out with electric cars. You wanted to be hopeful. I Nathan. wanted to be, yeah, excuse me, but I did. <laughs> I hate to admit it. But now he just seems like a... a a fascist almost, in, in the way he's taking over our information channels and our uh, industrial channels. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us on the web at KUCI.org, on Facebook at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9, on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM. Yes, it is. Oof. Oof. From Los Angeles Times, two Uber drivers read the fine print and won millions for California gig workers. I got to thank you for pointing this article out. Okay, I'm glad you you were running with this. Well, it's fascinating. There's a huge, a lot of detail in this. Do you take Uber very much? I had taken a few lifts, but I haven't in a long time. Yeah. But it's all, it's any of those gig workers. It's the, uh, the DoorDash people. All of them are picked up in this. Do you? Every once in a while, I take my car in for service, and they offer me Uber okay. to, to go home. So I, I take that. Uh, I remember one Uber driver was what we're going to be talking about is Proposition 22. right and And he was all in favor of it. You know, he wanted to be sure that I voted in favor of it, which I didn't. I just didn't fall for that at the time. I just thought no, it was, no, it was yeah. a highly financed by the Uber, Lyft, DoorDash owners to leverage as much as they could out of labeling of these workers as contract workers to take them off of any responsibility for a compensation package that properly covers them. And that's in those details. Yes. We'll mention uh, all that. Pablo Gomez has been a full-time Uber driver since 2019 and knows the intricacies of Proposition 22, the controversial ballot measure that passed in 2020 and became law in 2021. For the gig drivers of California, his attention to detail paired with fellow drivers' activism resulted in a windfall that could be worth hundreds of millions of dollars. 
Prop 22 overrode part of Assembly Bill 5, that was already in place, a law that classified gig workers as employees, entitling them to benefits and protections. Instead of full health care coverage under AB 5, gig workers got a health care subsidy under Prop 22 if they worked enough hours to qualify. Instead of a minimum wage under AB5, drivers got a minimum earnings guarantee under Prop 22, but only for engaged miles, not for time spent between rides. Starting in 2021, gig app companies pay drivers 30 cents per mile driven on the job. But Prop 22 also stipulates that every year the rate will be raised to keep pace with inflation. And this one, the story gets interesting. Yep. Since inflation was 6.8% in 2022, that fee was supposed to be bumped up two cents. In 2023, it should have gone up two more to 34 cents a mile, but no increase ever took effect. To gig workers driving hundreds of miles a day, those pennies can add up to hundreds, even thousands of dollars. Multiplied across the nearly 1.3 million gig app drivers in California, it can add up to hundreds of millions of dollars. In March of this year, Gomez teamed up with Sergio Avidian, another longtime Uber driver who in recent years turned to podcast advocacy. Yeah. When they poured over the law, they realized that Proposition 22 had technically saddled the California Treasurer's Office with the task of calculating and publishing the adjusted rate each year, which, as far as they could tell, it had not done. Every gig app worker missed 18 months of adjusted rates. So Gomez called the state treasurer's office, asked about the rate adjustment, and was assured the rate would be published soon. Then Avinian began talking about the adjustment on his podcast, Rideshare Guy. Almost immediately, perhaps fearing the prospect of a class action suit, Uber and DoorDash began sending the back pay to drivers. So why weren't they getting the full rate all along, is what we want to know. Consumers are paying for it. Right. It's being paid, yeah. but they weren't being compensated. Every, every time anyone takes a lift or orders Uber Eats, uh, they're paying an extra 75 cents to a dollar for a fee marked California driver's benefits, which is then ostensibly used to pay for things like health subsidies and a mileage fee. Uber and other rideshare companies got to sit on that extra money for a year and a half. So they could earn interest on it or invest it in other things or cover their losses using that money that we were paying that wasn't getting accounted for and should have gone to drivers. And that was the way the proposition was written to put the onus on the state treasurer to report that, what those earnings were. But it was enjoined. There was a challenge to Proposition 22, so it delayed what the treasurer was compiling because they thought maybe this won't be yeah, exactly. enacted. And once the proposition passed, the treasurer's office assumed that since it was now not part of the Constitution, they weren't responsible for accounting. The state treasurer's office said the Prop 22 was struck down as unconstitutional. The office deemed the law unenforceable, so the adjusted rate was of no concern to them. It is, in short, a big stinking mess. That's what the L.A. Times said. By design. Said. It yeah. was by design. And guess who gets the short end of the stick? The workers. The workers who were barely making a minimum wage to begin with. So while Prop 22 was being sold to voters in going into the general election, it was also being sold to the employees that was a good thing. Yeah. So that kind of job was uh, Just unconscionably like the, nasty. Yeah, Remember yeah. those 
gauzy ads about, oh, I really want to be, you know, I'm my own boss. Yeah. Yeah. And there's yep. a lie all the time. From Los Cerritos News. In the face of an alarming trend of book bannings in our schools, Assemblymember Dr. Corey Jackson has taken a stance to confront the rising tide of Christian nationalist extremism to stop the banning of books in California's classrooms. Assembly Bill 1078 mandates that any school within the K-12 system must secure a supermajority on the school board to vote in favor of banning a book. Meanwhile, The Temecula Valley School Board rejected social studies curriculum that would have included slain gay rights leader Harvey Milk. This is really disgusting to me. Yeah. This is over. Over the top. The decision leaves the district with the only option of using the current textbook they have, which is no longer being printed. Two of the members who voted against the curriculum said they opposed the mention of milk in the textbooks, supplemental material, making a baseless accusation that California's first openly gay elected official was a pedophile. It's the projection again, getting that job done. What we do all the time, we're going to project on those on the other side of the aisle. You think that's what it is? Yep. You don't think it's more fear? Than it is, or you think well, they're, they're both fear. combined? It's it's part of the same kind of uh, DNA. I wouldn't be generalized so much on that, though. Okay. I would, you know, I would say, yeah, there's probably some out there who who have pedophile desires, but for the most part, I think they're just sheep. Then anything that's breaking their rhythm, they're opposed to. In other words, if they're not used to people other than their own gender or the uh, way they feel about uh, gender. And so this is a threat to them. And so as we're watching more and more sort of exposés about the Christian fascist kinds of cult groups, and there's the one about the Duggars now. I haven't seen it, but I keep hearing from friends who've seen that whole series. The insularity of those Christian fascist kinds of culture groups suppressing all the kinds of things that challenge them while they conduct themselves in ways that are in their insular settings those ways they conduct themselves is sort of like a privilege to have whatever they wish to have as well as a fear of a challenge to that insular culture lifestyle so that means that I see them sort of working together but I, I understand your point yeah it's yeah, all I, I happening. I just think that they would, they would be so radical in their description of somebody that they simply don't agree with. And I, I'm not on their side, but I do understand how they, they could not feel comfortable they feel in a gay setting. Yeah. yeah, okay. But I, when we talk about these book bannings, and I'm sure you think about this too, Nathan, is it's just the amazing infantilizing of a growing intellectual brain. Do we want the product of a book band student to be running institutions and participating in civil life. And the, the dumber that civil entity is, the dumber that person is from a lack of all this information coming in just leaves me really It goes back I'm to the Garden Eden and fear of knowledge, I think. Yeah. yeah. There you go. From the Salt Lake City Tribune. Speaking of Garden of Eden, the Bible was banned in Utah elementary and middle schools for vulgarity and violence. Davis School District's book review committee made the determination, though it's already been appealed, 
The scripture was first challenged in December by a parent who wrote in their complaint that they were frustrated by the books being removed from school libraries in recent months. Uh, The scripture was first challenged in December by a parent who was frustrated with those books, with conservative groups across the country and in Utah taking aim at literature they called inappropriate. So the parents submitted their request for a review of the Bible, saying it was time to remove one of the most sex-ridden books around. Incest, onanism, bestiality, prostitution, genital mutilation, fellatio, dildos, rape, and even infanticide. You got to say that all at 8 a.m. Well done. Yes. The parent wrote in their request, listing topics they found concerning in the religious text. The Book of Mormon, by the way, has, <laughs> has also recently been banned in Utah. Oh. The home of... Knock, knock. Who's there the Book at of the Mormon. front door? Oh, That ban is also being appealed. Should be interesting, though. I'm glad to see this. It's about time that somebody challenged some of these old texts. Just astonishing to me, really, given where we are in the world, that some people are referencing something written thousands of years ago with none of the knowledge that we have now as if it's the authority and what we learn today is not. It's an insult. If If we truly are God's creation which I don't know about, but if we are, shouldn't we be able to learn about this creation? Apparently not. From Reuters News Service. You ever play golf? The driving range frustrated me the last time I tried it, decades ago. But did you ever do a little pitch and putt type of thing? I've done that, oh yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, I couldn't drive worth anything, and it's been decades. I would go to a you know, regular-sized golf course and only use my irons. From Reuters News Service, the PGA Tour, the dominant force in men's professional golf for generations and live or live golf. You know, I went online and nobody could really make up their mind how it was pronounced. I think it's live galt, which made its debut just last year and is backed by hundreds of millions of dollars of Saudi money, will merge into a new league, presumably under the name of the Bonesaw Tour. Yeah. That's, that's my little... That, that is the wordle word. Jamal that, Khashoggi joke. Snark. You know? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, the Saudi yeah. money will give the new organization greater clout, but it comes with the kingdom's horrible human rights record, its treatment of women, and accusations it was responsible for the 2018 murder of Jamal Khashoggi, a leading critic. And the new golf association may be dead on arrival. The most basic principle of antitrust law is that companies with large market share can't make agreements to avoid competing against each other. It's very difficult to characterize the PGA live merger in any other way. The antitrust suit originally filed last year by a group of live players argued that the PGA had used its monopoly position to extract substantially increased revenues from broadcasters and advertisers while paying less to players. So they themselves have called the PGA. The it's own called the PGA. antitrust problem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I hope that comes true. And I, I uh, assume it's going to be challenged. Oh, I read that I just, the whole I'm, merger will be. Just watching how this is an opening bid for acquiring other sports washing and other institutions to yeah. wash the reputation that is so soldered, yeah. so sullied. From Canary Media, if you live in California, your power bill will soon depend on your income. 
A new state law will require California's three investor-owned utilities to charge customers fees for electricity based not only on how much electricity they use, but also on how much money they make. Depending on the proposal, the state ultimately adopts California's making more than $180,000 a year could end up paying an average of $500 more on their annual electricity bills, while the lowest income residents would save around $300 per year. Supporters argue that the plan will help the state electrify by lowering costs for residents that might not otherwise be able to afford it. Critics, including many California residents, I don't know many, but... California residents say that it will eat into progress on energy efficiency and that it's unfair to those who are already conserving energy. Right, the incentivization part. Yeah, I, I, I really have mixed feelings on this. I'm not sure that I'm supporting having different rates depending on your income. I understand the impetus behind it, but there, there should be a better way to go about doing this. And I thought it was really telling on a and another radio station, this was all unpacked, and when you can hear the difficulty that the public relations representative for, I can't remember if it was Southern California Edison or PG&E, but Pacific Gas Electric, that they, if they had a hard time explaining this to a call-in radio show, then yeah. you know this convoluted part is, has, means it's not sorted out, yeah. besides the fact, as we said, that... If you remove incentives for conserving energy, you've messed up. Yeah, and they keep doing that, too. It's uh, frustrating to see them uh, cutting down on the amount of incentives they have for using solar panels. Right, yep. From Live Science, a once-daily pill halved people's risk of dying from a common lung cancer when they took the drug after tumor removal surgery, new trial data shows. Made by the biopharmaceutical company AstraZeneca, Tegriso, also known as Osimertinib, reduced the five-year risk of death in lung cancer patients by 51%, according to a study published in the New England Journal of Medicine. The study was the result of a 682-patient trial that included participants diagnosed with non-small cell lung cancer, one of the two main types of primary lung cancer. From the Jerusalem Post, a special purification rite was held at the main altar of St. Peter's Basilica after it was allegedly desecrated by a man who stood on it naked to protest the war in Ukraine. The Polish man stripped off his clothes and stood on the altar as the basilica was closing. He had an inscription painted on his back reading, Save Children of Ukraine. Vatican guards handed him over to Italian police who detained him and ordered him expelled from Italy. At the purification service where the altar used by Pope Francis was blessed with holy water, Cardinal Moro Gambetti said the man had committed a sinful and inappropriate, truly regrettable gesture to bring attention to the victims of war. Let's talk about the obscenity of the invasion of a sovereign state. Yeah, that, that would be Kind my of missing point. the point there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And from the Washington Post, Apple's adjusted autocorrect function will fix an issue that has long irked iPhone users who, when typing out a common curse word, have had it immediately replaced with a now widely understood stand-in, duck. 
Some praised oh. Apple for fixing the ducking issue, while others claimed they were finally freed of the tyranny of duck. I'm just thinking a programmer must have really enjoyed themselves putting that bug in there. And okay, now we'll take the bug out. We had our fun. And the programmer probably didn't like it, I'm guessing. It was probably, uh, you know, someone up the chain, some management that said, right. you, you got to yeah. switch this around. It is frustrating, though. I've tried to, to swear. I've even known that just uh, using Siri and talking to her. She calls me bitch, which I like a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, Siri calls me bitch. It's exciting. Upper lowercase b. <laughs> <laughs> uppercase. <laughs> And from Vice, nearly 800,000 Maryland drivers with license plates designed to commemorate the War of 1812 are now inadvertently advertising a website for an online casino based in the Philippines. Who would have thought? Who would have known? In 2012, to celebrate the 200th anniversary of the War of 1812, Maryland redesigned its standard license plate to read Maryland War of 1812, uh, with the URL starspangled200.org printed at the bottom. Sometime within the last year, starspangled200.org began redirecting to a site called globeinternational.info, where a bikini-clad woman invites you to the Philippines' best betting site. That's way too much. Yeah. Oof. And finally, from the Associated Press, a German court freed a man after he was found guilty of drug dealing despite 24 previous convictions. The retired seaman, who said he wanted to improve his meager $855 monthly pension by selling marijuana, was handed a suspended sentence. Prosecutors had asked the court to impose a prison term of 34 months in view of the man's lengthy criminal record selling marijuana, but judges said they would make an exception due to the man's circumstances and recent health problems, saying this was his very last warning. You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. WeeklySignals.com Subscribe now!